European Hearts Journal issue at a glance. Volume 38, Issue 5. Focus Issue on Heart Failure by Editor-in-Chief Professor Thomas Lucia. An update on heart failure, from experimental findings to clinical trials. Heart failure increasingly accounts not only for a significant part of cardiovascular morbidity and mortality, but is also responsible for many hospitalizations, as outlined again in the most recent ESC guidelines. Millions of patients worldwide are admitted for acute heart failure each year, and physicians are confronted with the challenge of reducing symptoms while preventing end-organ dysfunction without causing additional harm, and the intermediate-term challenges of improving clinical outcomes, such as hospital readmission and survival. Acute heart failure, therefore, is an important new frontier for research and clinical emergency management. A novel development is vasodilator drugs, as discussed thoroughly in a clinical review, Agents with Vasodilator Properties in Acute Heart Failure, by John R. Tierlink and colleagues from the University of California, San Francisco, in California, USA. Unfortunately, there are limited data supporting the efficacy and currently available therapies. After diuretics, vasodilators are the most common intravenous therapy, but neither nitrates, nitroprusside, or nesiratide have evidence supporting their ability to provide meaningful effects on clinical outcomes except early symptom improvement. Recently, numerous novel agents with vasodilating properties have been developed, such as serolaxin, natriuretic peptides, such as eularitide and sanderitide, beta-arrestin-biased angiotensin-2 type 1 receptor ligands, TRV120027, nitroxyl donors, CXL1020 and CXL1427, soluble guanylate cyclase modulators, such as sinusiguate and verisiguate, short-acting calcium channel blockers, such as clavidipine, and the potassium channel activator, nicorandril. These development programs range from the stage of early dose-finding studies to large multicenter mortality trials. There is an urgent need for agents with vasodilating properties this will improve both in-hospital and post-discharge clinical outcomes, and these novel approaches may provide opportunities to address this need. Triggers of acute heart failure are dietary mistakes, arrhythmias, especially atrial fibrillation, drugs, particularly NSAIDs, and infections. Thus, Vaccination in patients with chronic heart failure might be a promising strategy to avoid unnecessary hospitalizations. In a fast-track influenza vaccination and risk of hospitalization in patients with heart failure, a self-controlled case series study, Kazem Rahimi and colleagues from the University of Oxford in the UK investigated the impact of influenza vaccination on the risk of hospitalization in heart failure. To this end, they used linked primary and secondary health records in England between 1990 and 2013. 
Using a self-controlled case series design with conditional Poisson regression, they estimated the incidence rate ratio of the number of hospitalizations in a year following vaccination with an adjacent vaccine-free year in the same individuals. They found the uptake of vaccination to be varied and generally low, only 49% in 2013. Among 59,202 heart failure patients, influenza vaccination was associated with a lower risk of hospitalization due to cardiovascular disease with an odds ratio of 0.70 with more modest effects for hospitalization due to respiratory infections with an odds ratio of 0.84 and all-cause hospitalizations with an odds ratio of 0.96. The relative effects were greatest in younger patients below the age of 66 with no difference between men and women. In validation analyses, effects were not significant for consecutive years without vaccination. This strongly suggests that in heart failure, influenza vaccination is associated with reduced risk of hospitalizations, especially for cardiovascular disease. Improved efforts for a greater uptake of vaccination among heart failure patients are thus needed. These clinically important findings are further discussed in an editorial by Scott Solomon from the Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston, USA. Guidelines for the management of chronic heart failure use randomized controlled trials to support treatment as the basis of their recommendations. In a subsequent clinical manuscript, How Robust Are Clinical Trials in Heart Failure?, by John J.J.V. McMurray and colleagues from the Western Infirmary in Glasgow, UK, remind us that the significance of an observed treatment effect relies on the use of boundary p-value, most commonly a p below 0.05. However, whether we should rely on arbitrary threshold p-values to report results as statistically significant has been repeatedly questioned. Thus, the fragility index has been proposed as an additional measure of the robustness of trial findings. The fragility index is the minimum number of events needing to change from a non-event to an event to render a significant result non-significant. Hence, the authors calculated the fragility index to examine the robustness of statistically significant randomized controlled trials in chronic heart failure. Two reviewers extracted data from randomized controlled trials supporting treatment recommendations in chronic heart failure guidelines. 25 eligible trials were identified with a median sample size of 2,331 patients and a median number of 689 primary endpoints. For the primary endpoint, the median fragility index was 26, with a range of 0 to 118. The fragility index was equal or below 10 in a third of these 20 trials. Of note, in one-fifth, the number of patients lost to follow-up in the treatment group exceeded the fragility index. Thus, the results of large randomized controlled trials in chronic heart failure hinge on a small number of events. The fragility index offers an additional, easy-to-understand metric which augments the standard reporting of boundary p-values for statistical significance. 
the fragility index helps in the interpretation of the robustness of the results of randomized controlled trials. The manuscript is accompanied by a thoughtful editorial by Ricky Edward Carter from the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, USA, the chief statistical editor of the European Hearts Journal. A less common form of heart failure is peripartum cardiomyopathy, which is also associated with a considerable risk. The benefit of the beta-1 adrenergic receptor agonist, dobutamine, for treatment of acute heart failure in peripartum cardiomyopathy is controversial. Cardiac STAT3 is part of myocardial salvage pathways, and its expression is reduced in peripartum cardiomyopathy patients. Mice carrying a cardiomyocyte-restricted deletion of STAT3 knockout mice develop peripartum cardiomyopathy. In a basic science article, low STAT3 expression sensitizes to toxic effects of beta-adrenergic receptor stimulation in peripartum cardiomyopathy. Denise Hilfiker-Kleiner and colleagues from the Hanover Medical School in Germany hypothesized that STAT3-dependent signaling networks may influence the response to beta-1 adrenergic receptor antagonist in peripartum cardiomyopathy patients and analyzed this hypothesis in STAT3 knockout mice. Follow-up analyses in 27 patients with severe peripartum cardiomyopathy revealed that those not obtaining dobutamine improved cardiac function while those receiving dobutamine ended up with heart transplantation or assist devices. Of note, they displayed diminished myocardial triglyceride, pyruvate, and lactate content compared to non-failing controls. The beta-1 adrenergic receptor agonist isoproteranol induced heart failure with high mortality in postpartum female, non-pregnant female, and in male STAT3 knockout mice, but not in wild-type litomates. Isoproteranol induced heart failure and high mortality in STAT3 knockout mice by impairing fatty acid and glucose uptake, thereby generating a metabolic deficit. The latter was governed by disturbed STAT3-dependent signaling networks, microRNA199A5P, microRNA7A5P, insulin slash glucose transporter 4 and neuregulin slash ERBB signaling. The resulting cardiac energy depletion and oxidative stress prompted dysfunction and cardiomyocyte and eventually heart failure, which would be attenuated by the beta-1 adrenergic receptor blocker metroprolol or glucose uptake promoting drugs such as perhexylene or etomoxia. The authors conclude that isoproteranol impairs glucose uptake, induces energy depletion, oxidative stress, dysfunction and death in STAT3-deficient cardiomyocytes, mainly via beta-1 adrenergic receptor stimulation. These cellular alterations may underlie the dobutamine-induced irreversible progression of heart failure in peripartum cardiomyopathy patients who frequently display reduced cardiac STAT3 expression. Iron metabolism is important for myocardial function 
and iron deficiency is associated with adverse outcomes in heart failure, while iron substitution improves quality of life and the six-minute walk test. However, the underlying mechanisms are incompletely understood. Intracellular iron availability is secured by two mRNA-binding iron regulatory proteins, IRP1 and IRP2. In another basic science article, iron regulatory proteins secure iron availability in cardiomyocytes to prevent heart failure, Tibor Kempf and colleagues from the Hanover Medical School in Germany generated mice with a cardiomyocyte-targeted deletion of iron regulatory proteins IRP1 and IRP2 to explore the functional implications of iron deficiency in the heart, independent of systematic iron deficiency or anemia. Iron content in cardiomyocytes was reduced in IRP-targeted mice. The animals were not anemic, nor did they show a phenotype at baseline. IRP-targeted mice, however, were unable to increase left ventricular systolic function in response to an acute dobutamine challenge. After myocardial infarction, IRP-targeted mice developed more severe left ventricular dysfunction with increased mortality. Mechanistically, the activity of the iron-sulfur cluster containing complex 1 of the mitochondrial electron transport chain was reduced in left ventricles from IRP-targeted mice. As demonstrated by extracellular flux analysis in vitro, mitochondrial respiration was preserved at baseline but failed to increase in response to dobutamine in IRP-targeted cardiomyocytes. As shown by 31p magnetic resonance spectroscopy in vivo, left ventricular phosphocreatine slash ATP ratio declined during dobutamine stress in IRP-targeted mice, but remained stable in control mice. Intravenous injection of ferric carboxymaltose replenished cardiac iron stores, restored mitochondrial respiratory capacity, and inotropic reserve, and attenuated adverse remodeling after myocardial infarction in IRP-targeted mice, but not in control mice. The authors conclude that iron deficiency in cardiomyocytes impairs mitochondrial respiration and adaptation to acute and chronic increases in workload. Iron supplementation restores cardiac energy reserve and function in iron-deficient hearts. The clinical implications of this experimental paper are discussed in an editorial by Gavin Audit from the University of Alberta in Canada. The editors hope that this issue of the European Hearts Journal will find the interest of its readers.